I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably lost the words. Lost Words podcast. I'm joined as ever by Jason, a day later than usual, but Jason is here. Hello. Hello, Tom. How are you? Uh, yeah, I'm all right. I've uh, recovered from the, uh, what should we call it? I guess uh, it's a bit harsh to call it mind numbing because it wasn't that bad. And, and actually, towards the end of the, the round at the Tour Championship yesterday, it kind of got a little bit interesting for a little while. Um, but I speak, think it speaks volumes that even the official world golf rankings doesn't quite know who to put where at the moment. Uh, based on that and uh, I feel like although this week the couple of events are, are maybe quite interesting it is just a case of getting ready for US Open now yeah yeah the um, official world golf rankings can't work out this uh, safe way either it's it's done its head in by playing playing it over the years if you look they've um, got steals wins in the wrong year but anyway that's that's because they can't work out we've already had a, a, a what's it called open already a safe way open already so um, that's done their brain in, but never mind. Um, yeah, it was great. I mean, Dustin, we, we said that Dustin deserved to go on and win the tour championship. Um, it's a bit, you talk about mind numbing. I'm a bit sort of mind numbed by people writing headlines, 15 million <laughs> reasons why it's, it's really, really very, very boring. It's very sick. 15 million isn't good at, for me. It, it's totally irrelevant. Somebody like Dustin Johnson. You know, um, well, you can just tell because even though he's someone who doesn't show a lot of expression anyway, he literally showed none yesterday, did he? Like, and to me, like, there's probably some like Scotty Scheffler we talked about a lot this season. When he goes and wins five million yesterday, you think, okay, no, fair enough. That's you know massive for him. Um, great to see him climb up the rankings. Um, but for Johnson, it was just a case of job done, wasn't it? It wasn't, and and also, it's not like you just get fifteen million chucks in your bank account anyway, is it? He's got to wait. 25 30 years for that to come out anyway goes into his pension pot yeah it's, it's irrelevant it, it, it's it's boring and it, who cares but he deserves to be to end the season as number one um i think and he does so forget the money wise that that's what's happened and and quite rightly i i think in his victories this year he's been absolutely tremendous uh, you know we've questioned obviously loads of people we've all questioned him in the past you, we've we've hundreds of times we've discussed about the um, PGA. He didn't throw it away, and when he's when he's been dominant, he's been brilliant. Um, Ram came to get him, didn't he? Um, on whenever it, whenever it was that, that whatever day it was, um, Ram got him, made one mistake, made that terrible double bogey, um, never really recovered, and and unlike at uh, the other tournament when someone was handed it, uh, Dustin went, yeah, please, thanks very much, um, I'm off. And, and, you know, won it fairly simply in the end, really. Um, yeah, think, brilliant to see. Yeah, go on, sorry, mate. I think that when we moaned about the format, it, at least in the end of it, the three of the four people in the top four were the people that were top three going into mm. it. They kind of deserved to be there. That was, you know, if, if anyone, any one of Johnson, Thomas or Ram won the FedEx Cup, you'd go, OK, then they've kind of, you know, been there all season, especially Thomas. Um, and Shuffley does what Shuffley did. Uh, yeah, the other way around, should I say? Um, he did what he does, and you, as you say, you you put him up last week to win without the handicap. He did, um, and that's the sort of thing he does at the Tour Championship. He he turns up. He he's got two firsts, a second and a seventh there, or something like that, isn't he? And uh, you know, he pushed Dustin for as long as he could until it just got to the point where Dustin was in control. Um, 
And, you know, I, I liked the fact that Dustin still had to shoot 11 under since the start. I know, obviously, Shoffley's had to make up a lot of ground. Um, but it's not like he's played crap and won, is it? He's had to, he's had mm. to, you know, do his bit. Um, so in in that respect, I you know I was quite happy with for how it panned out in the end. Um, as you've said there, he didn't really do an awful lot wrong at the PGA either. I think it, it certainly seems to be he's in that form that he was in. Is it 2017? Wasn't it when he fell down the stairs at Augusta? Uh, and we might never know what would have happened that week. Um, I certainly wouldn't say he was he was a shoe in to go and win it because we've seen what he does. Uh, especially at Augusta, but um, oh, you know in the way he's playing. Every, every all the time we talk about this, and everyone says, you know, if, if Rory's at his best, no one can beat him. I don't know how you can beat Dustin Johnson when he's in this kind of form. Like he's okay. just, I think he's phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, yeah. I, he just he hits it further than everyone. You know, mostly. Um, you know, he might give up ten yards to Champ or Bryson or whatever, but. Um, he's got that lovely little fade that he can mainly rely on. I know he hasn't hasn't hit the most fairways this weekend, um, but he just he rolls in the putts as well, doesn't he? When he needs yeah. to. Yeah, he was he was poor second round. Was it second round? He was poor. He kept he kept over sort of borrowing, if you like, yeah. on his drives um, and leaving it in trees. And it but it really made no difference. Which you know it, it does it does make you think that um, you know if he is on top form, the, yeah, you, he, he will be. <laughs> you look at it and what happens is Thomas is I know he's played well but he's slightly out of form as I think we all agree as opposed to the best that we've seen him so when they are when the others are slightly off their game see again what if what you know if Ram doesn't have that double bogey because yeah. Ram is the type of bloke to be affected by a double bogey Dustin Johnson isn't it just doesn't matter he just goes to the next hole and plays the next hole um, and I think you could see that to be honest with you he wasn't phased at all when he went ahead um, and, and just played his game. And he's just confident in his game. You know, he, he um, got an early bogey. I can't remember what hole it was. He got an early bogey, which was a really, really bad shot. Uh, and then missed a par putt from about six, seven feet, something like that. It made no difference to him. He didn't give a monkeys. Um, from that, I'll take again Xander. I think he's absolutely... He's not. I still maintain he's n- not got the credit and the tournament's behind him yet. And I'm absolutely convinced he is top five in the Masters. And he's still my bet of the Masters. I think, you know, he's, he's, I mean, it's on the figures anyway, off the tee, strokes gain total, every, everything, tee to green. I think he's just magnificent. He loves these greens, Dan, um, East Lake, as you can see. He played just unbelievably. Um, yeah, I, I think he's outstanding. Um, but I don't know where he ended up in the rankings. I, did, I didn't catch up with it. Um, but for me, he's where did he finish? Second. Did he finish? Uh, he did, yeah. Well, overall, yeah. yeah. Oh, because of that, yeah. Um, yeah, he probably is then, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> there we are. I, I think Xander's outstanding, and I think given another two, three, four years, he, he, he has to be world number one. Absolutely has to be. He's a remarkable player. I think the trouble with that is there's there's quite a few that you'd say that about at the moment, though, isn't there? But they're, they're, it's that consistency, isn't it? He's he's done it. I mean, we all agreed that when he was finishing 20th earlier this year, we all said that it doesn't quite reflect the way he's playing. Well, you've got, you know, you've got Morikawa and people like that, and there's just, he's a bit in and out at the moment. I'm not saying they won't be, but they seem to, you know, to, to have longevity at, at the top 
you need that experience, don't you? You know, Dustin Johnson couldn't have been number one at, you know, 20 years old because just maturity. Whereas now he looks, he just looks comfortable, doesn't he? Um, so well played to him. Well played to us for putting Xander up. And big boos to Martin Keimer. So uh, there we are. Do you want to? Do you want to share your? No. Uh... Well, well, yeah. I mean, anybody who saw the tweets know that I was. I watched Kymer's round on uh, Thursday, and I've never seen a player look so suited to a course. Um, I mean, that was it was a brilliant course. I mean, you know, mentally draining to watch. I don't know what it must be like to play. Um, even if you're playing well there, you're stuffed. Um, yeah. So I put Kymer up very confidently on Friday. On Saturday morning, I went in um, with an each-way double, Keimer and uh, Xander. And the Xander bet was actually Xander without Justin Thomas, Dustin Johnson, Roy McIlroy, and John Rahm. Um, it was a nice double. It was 45 to 1, I think, something like that. Um, and I'm watching Sunday. And, yeah, I mean, you know, Valderrama can do anything to a player. But you're watching it and watching it, and suddenly there's a gap, and there's only Keimer and uh, Catlin. And fair play to Catlin, he, he, you know, he held his fair share of par putts. But Kaima was given it. He had three chances. And every time he, he stuck a 15-foot par putt into, to, you know, to level uh, Catlin, um, he'd ruin it again. You know, you, you mentioned to me that it was a stunning tee shot on 15, on that 215-yard par three. That was yeah. just incredible. But And he's done that. And then he's also hit that uh, third shot of the par 517th to six feet. And he's still not won. And Catlin is giving him and giving him and giving him and giving him chances. And he doesn't want to be in front. And I thought, I'm, I'm not, you mentioned about the course. We know the course. The course is a very hard course. But if anybody in that top lot there, I mean, it's not Sammy Valamaki's course, but he could manage. He was he was there until late on when it just got a bit too much of him. Why isn't he playing this week? He would destroy Portugal this week. But anyway, um, uh, I, I, I don't know how Kymer hasn't won. I, I think it's an absolutely disgusting performance, to be honest with you. Well, it's filth. I, um, the trouble and is that's not money talking. Tell me, you know, look, I don't, you know, this isn't money talking. Yeah. I mean, I won a little bit on Zand. It wasn't in, it wasn't anything like the double would have been. And I thought it was a filthy performance. And he's done it last week, threw it away, and he's done it this week. But the thing is, I, I do think that the week before was worse just because I think that, no. you know, when there's... Yeah, but when, because when the course is that difficult, it doesn't take a lot to go wrong. That that was my point I was making to you, is that he, at the end of the day, he looks like a player that hasn't won for six years. My point is that eventually he's just going to come back and win because he's done it before. He's been at the depths and come back. Stenson, similar type of player, they've they've been at their absolute worst and come back to the top. Um, you know, he's, he's romped home to a US Open victory. He... You know, would not surprise me in the slightest if he contends at wing foot, by the way. Because he's just, he's clearly playing well enough, isn't he? Obviously, there is a bit of a mental scar there, and he shouldn't be worried about John Catlin at all. Um, it's match play, isn't it? It's, it's just, play, it's just in he... his head, though, isn't it? It's, he's against himself. He's not worried about the person he's going up against. He's just, he's completely battling the demons against himself. You can see that he's petrified to hit a chip shot, um, you know, and then he does it. And he does it okay, and then he misses a putt, or he hits a terrible chip shot, and then makes a putt. It, nothing's consistent in that short game area for him at the moment. Um... So he's given he's given the tournament. He's literally given it on the twelfth, I think. Right? He then goes three over for the for the remainder remaining holes, right? Including 
that miss on seven. I mean, it's a brilliant chip. That, that's the point. There is brilliance there. But ultimately, he's he's got to do better than that. Um, even on 18, you know, it, they both went. They both. Oh, it's just, uh, it's just it, was a, it was a filthy performance, mate. I'm not having anything else but bar that. And, and yeah, of course he'll win because that's what will happen. He'll fall over the line. But you know, two weeks in a row. That's 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 you know, sorry, that's not right. That's my but, view. But the, but this the thing is that, like we say, he's been here, isn't he? He's been he's been in the depths before and, and come back from it. You know, he he was a shadow of himself when he went to Medina uh, and come back. It's just yeah, they do. they do, they do. It's a tough thing to see, isn't it? And and it wasn't good. I'm not going to sit here and tell him that there was. I just think that I can. When you're playing a course like Valderrama, where the greens are getting harder and harder oh, they were as brilliant. the day goes on, they're amazing. Yeah. Like it's a hard, it's a hard, hard course. It's not it's very hard. You know, course. there was only two of them under par at any one point. Uh, yeah. You know, it's it's brilliant. It's, it's the best best course Europe's ever had. And you know, and, and Catlin was basically held on to the lead for the majority of the tournament. So I would say he's won it as opposed right. to. If that was darts, Eric Bristow would have said he's not bullied him. He's not bullied him. That's the difference. You've got to bully him. If you're 5-0 up in a game of snooker, you don't ease off. You go to try and win 10-0. If you're... Yeah, and that's what they say. And that's why winners win. And, and unfortunately, he, he isn't... You know, he's not. He's not, not going to be a regular winner. And that was... He had his chance. I mean, if he'd have won there, we would have said, you know, fair play. That's a that's a tough course. He's ended up, what, one over, level par, whatever. You know, his level par wouldn't have been impossible for him at all. Um like I say, he's hit the front. He can see the other player is absolutely bricking it. Um, yeah, you've got to bully it, and he, and and he didn't. And there we are. There's the difference. I mean, you can't. I'm not comparing them, but there's the difference. Johnson gets put in front. Boom, he keeps going. Um, and he didn't. And uh, like I say, twice. Horsefield's, you know, Horsefield's recovered from his uh, uh, his failure, and then come on and, and started bullying. And Kaima didn't. And you know, like I say, look, I, the each way double copped and, and it was OK. I made a very small profit over the weekend, thanks to Xander. But um, that was filth. So we move on. Let's go on to this week, shall we? Where, yeah, shall we? More filth. Kymer isn't playing, so we don't yeah. need to worry about him. Um, Tommy Fleet was the standout name in this field. Mm. Bizarre decision to play here, quite frankly. But um, he's here. So there we go. Um, I don't know if he just wants a bit of an easy week just to maybe find something with his driver or, or whatever he wants. Um, other than that, I can't really see why he's here, but there we go. He, he, want, he wanted to play some golf, and he's uh, 11-2 to, to win the tournament. No interest in that whatsoever. Um, George Coetzee is next up at 15-1. Again, uh, brilliant in South Africa. Wonderful player in South Africa. Great player here at, at times. Um, Fifteen to one. It's not. It's not that appealing, is it? Fourteen to one generally. He, he's got to be there, isn't he? He he, he has to be there. Um, like you know, like we discussed, it's a par four course, isn't it? Um, just very quickly, for anyone that hasn't looked at it, um, two thousand nineteen. Uh, four out of the top six. Um, Finishers uh, ranked high in par four, four out of 12 the year before, four out of six, six out of eight, um, you know, and, and par five performances, um, three out of the top 10, three out of the top eight, three out of the top four, out of the top 12. So 
this is all about, as you know, this is all about smacking it down there. Um, unless you're absolutely ludicrously wild. Um, and even then it won't be a problem. Um, this is second shot stuff. This is par four, par five, dominate them and you'll win. And you can see it has to be there. I, I can back him at that price, but let's face it. I mean, I'm a massive fan of somebody like Ryan Fox, but you can see as, you know, you can see as a winner, isn't he? Well, the thing is with Kazir as well, what price do you make when he's first and second, whatever level he's been playing at, first and second last two starts, and before the the, the lockdown, he was sixth and seventh on the European Tour as well. So he's he's mm. in form, he's finished third at the course before. Um, not to knock his chances, I just I don't think this is a sort of event where you get, you don't necessarily get a, maybe a surprise winner, but I think it's one of those ones that anyone can really win. It just you, depends how you turn up. Do you think... Um... So on a match bet, Kassia and Fleetwood, I'd be on Kassia. I haven't actually looked at them at the match yeah, bet. Yeah, I would, just, be, just because of, I just I don't see... I think Fleetwood's just here to, to try. You know, mm. There's no pressure on his tee shots. There's no, he's not going to try. I don't think he, if he stumbles across the line, brilliant, it's another win. Um, but I think he's just here to, to try and you know put his his practice under a bit of pressure and have a scorecard in his hand and... and you know, hit a few tee shots and, and try and find something in his game. I think it's just a, a glorified warm-up for him personally. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I'd definitely take on Cozier because I think Cozier is desperate to win the tournament and, and wants to win at this level again. And, and Fleet was just here to to avoid practising at the Safeway Open as opposed to... Give me a, as opposed to go on. Have you looked? Tell me what price you think you think the match bet is. Oh, I have no idea. Absolutely none. Go on. 13, 13 to 8 on Tommy Fleetwood and 13 to 10 Cozier. Yeah, well, it's very fair, isn't it? Yeah, I know which way I'd go with that. Very um, fair, because yeah. you know, at the end of the day, although Fleetwood is obviously, you know, there's no denying that Fleetwood is on a different level to the majority of the field, if not all of the field. Like he's a he's a different player, isn't he? He's, he mm, he's winning, he he's yeah. contending for major championships, all that sort of stuff. Um, but I just don't I don't see him, you know, doing anything this week. Not and just because. Not because I think he's going to struggle with it. I think if he really wanted to win, he he probably could. Um, but I just don't see. I don't know what the motivation is. Well, I don't know. Matter. Yeah, I don't know if he's just here just to to find something in his swing or or what. But he's here. I don't think he's ever even. I think he's played here once, maybe um, before. You know, maybe a couple of times. But he's never contended here, as far as I remember. Uh, he's actually played here three or four times. But you know. <sighs> Yeah, there's a, well, yeah, I agree. With Why you. Is he, he, he might, he might. I mean, he could, he could easily just find himself there and and decide to try over the weekend. Um, in which case, yeah, you know, they could all be well. They could all be in trouble, as you rightly say. We still wouldn't say that Kutsia would be. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, there, there's other people with with potentially more desire. Um, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I just, I just, you know, I don't know if it's a catch up with the family and, and have them all together and a yeah, nice breakaway right. in yeah. Portugal and whatever. Um, and not knocking him for that. He deserves to do that if he wants to. Um, but there we go. I don't think he's he's someone that I'd be interested in betting. Ryan Fox, like you mentioned, uh, makes obvious claims. He's been making obvious claims every week. I still think he's been slightly underpriced every week, really. Um, I think it's hard to make him much bigger just because he's very consistent uh, at this level. But, you know, he's won once and it was in the mm. super six event you know yeah. it's not <laughs> it's nothing you know of no is it 
Um, he's, no, a, he's a brilliant was... golfer, but 25 to 1 every week doesn't make any appeal to me at all. No, I was putting him up hundreds and hundreds of times in the early day. Yeah, you can't. It's, it's just, he'll, he'll do what he does. He'll hit a 63 one day and it'll all go wrong the next day. Um, really should be, it should have won, as you, you know, as you probably intimated, he should have won a far more tournaments than he has done. Um, and yeah, I, I really don't see where that price comes from compared to some of the others. So he's, uh, he's the Hideki Matsuyama, isn't he? 15th, 19th, 15th, 8th, 28th. He's always there. Yeah, he's, he's always, to be fair to him, he's always there. You can that's, always... that's why he's up there, because everyone sees him. He comes on the coverage at some point because he's bombed one 350 yards and everyone wants to see him make an eagle, whatever. He's on the TV a bit. He's a name people remember and, and they'll get a few bets on him. He does what he does, doesn't he? He'll go into the fourth round in 28th and finish 10th and you'll love it. Or he'll be 8th in, in overnight third round you'll think you've got a chance and he'll do nothing and hit 73. Yeah, and and at, at, therefore at 25 to 1, no, you can't, can't, can you? Wilco Knee Neighbor. <laughs> um, 25 to 1. Mm. Uh, he's playing very well. Um, and he's clearly, you know, he smashes it a country mile, doesn't he? Uh, which seems to be the, the flavour of the thing at the moment. And because he does that, uh, and that seems to be his overriding... Uh, attribute people probably wouldn't have expected him to go well last week and he finished sixth which I think is why he's gone so short because it didn't seem like it would uh, it would appeal to him and he's done so well and he's now got a fourth for 22nd and a sixth of note since coming out of the lockdown 28th for guitar before the lockdown so he's clearly clearly a very talented guy he's you know South African you know a lot of these come out and very talented and and stick around the European tour for a long time but I would I you know I don't think you can back him at that price. Well, our, our mate Ben Coley has put him up, as we know. Um, and when I when I saw when I saw that of you know the typical uh, yearly Portugal bet of uh, Jordan, you couldn't possibly put him up. We might talk about that in, in a minute. Um, Wilco was one of the ones I wanted to see, and I was looking down at the 40, 50, and sixty-six mark for him. Um, it, this really, really should be right up his street. I mean, people. You, you are right. I think that, that was eye-catching last week, and that has shortened his price by potentially 10 points. Um, I, I was looking through sort of some old newspaper cases, if you like, online about uh, Wilco, and there, there, are, there are huge amounts of compliments for him. Um, it would think he won 21 amateur competitions, won the South African amateur, um, came over here, uh, and when he got beat in the Brabazon Trophy in a playoff, by all accounts, nobody could believe it. Um, he should have won. And Golf Bible, who's, if you read his tweets, he, he puts up some great stuff. He does a report, June June 2018, and he says, he doesn't even really talk much about the winner. He says that uh, uh, Wilco, I never get these surnames right, Nine but he says he looks like a professional already. Um, he drives it fantastically. His short game is fantastic. And they literally, he's put him up in June 2018 as the next big thing. And I, to be honest, I don't think he's wrong. Um, he's got that tied 13 Qatar. You know, he's, he's really, he's, he's, a, you know, he's got a fledgling um, main tour career, isn't he? Um, Qatar's well known as a as a link to Portugal. Um, and he's, he's quite high up in, in par five performance and he smashes the ball. He's, he really is going place. There are others here that I think are going to improve their world ranking by similar 
uh, margins, you know, at the end of one year, two years. But there's no question, take his price away. He looks a very, very good player indeed. He looks, yeah, look, we've got Rasmus Hogard already, haven't we? And, and the future of European golf actually looks fantastic, um, providing they stay around for, for long enough. Yeah, there's, there's very little against him, to be honest with you, um, except for the price. I, I couldn't back him at 25 to 1, no. I think I think the thing is is that like you know we're very price conscious on on here aren't we and mm. um, it kind of maybe leads us to to coming away from someone that you know if you'd asked me give me five players that you think could win this week and you completely blindfolded me on terms of odds and things like that um, he'd be in there like just because he he clearly has the perfect game for the event um, he's gonna make birdies and eagles and the things that he needs to do. Um, and he's clearly of of the top lot. Um, in terms of potential, he's got the potential to be better than Coetzee and Howard Lee and Ryan Fox and all you know those above him. And uh, you'd expect him to be nearer to Tommy Fleetwoods, wouldn't you? So, but he um, isn't. But he, he isn't, isn't yet, is he? And that's, that's the right. thing. It's it's a prove it thing first before I see it. You know, I won't be devastated if I missed out on him at twenty five to one, hmm. um, because if he has a couple of weeks where he you know finishes twentieth, thirtieth, fortieth. He's suddenly going to be sixty-six and eighty to one again. Um, well, equally, yeah, equally, he's twenty-five to one this week, and if he finishes fifth, he can be in right trouble trying to get on for the next couple of weeks, aren't he? You could, but then, then I'll just, you know, yeah. fair enough, isn't it? You know, it's it's one of look. There's one player that I'm going to talk about at forty to one that's already proven it. So that's that's kind of where I see it for now. Um, and again, we probably have in, in a year's time, we'll probably laugh that between the two, who's a better golfer, but. It doesn't matter for the time being. We're just focusing on who's proven it so far. Who's got the best chance this week? Well, okay, you might have a better chance, but someone's got equally as good a chance at a much bigger price. So I'm going to go straight into that person because I don't think we've got anyone shorter than him. Uh, and that's Guido Migliozzi, so the the Italian. Um, he's he's not played his best since coming out from the um, from the lockdown, um, but he's already won twice on the on the European tour. And and as we just said there, it's, it's a prove it thing in this business at the moment. You know, they might have not been the highest class events, you know, the Belgian knockout and the magical Kenya Open, but they're big enough. You know, he's at a seventh in the European Open, a tied tenth in the Turkish Airlines Open, fourth in Amman before lockdown. Then he's finished sixth last week at Valderrama after, you know, really struggling uh, since coming out. And I just think that he, you know, he's done everything. There's no real question marks over him. It's not like, well, if he gets in front, how is he going to react? Because we've already seen how he's going to react if he gets in front. He's he's won. Um, you know, he doesn't shy away from a challenge when he gets in, in the heat of it. Um, he never really looked like going away last week at Valderrama, even if he didn't get close enough. He only finished with three shots shy of, of captain in the end. Um, he's played this event last year finished tied 14th so we know yeah, he can play well final round, yeah. yeah close of a 65 so and that's after opening was 71 as well so maybe after his first round round there um 68 69 65 i just think that's enough evidence for me to suggest that a 40 to 1 and, and he was slightly bigger earlier in the week that, that he's you know a pretty fair price when you again we're kind of comparing it i'm looking at marcus kinholt 28 to 1 uh yost lausen's you know, playing oh. with one arm at the moment, he's oh. twenty-eight to one. Yeah, um, you know, to me, and, and and as we just said about Jordan Smith as well, you know, Jordan Smith is someone that always comes up at the Portugal Masters, 
he had to withdraw last week for, for personal reasons. Said he was really struggling um, with, with the bubble life and, and the hotel and, and not seeing his family and things like that. Uh, same price. Mm. And I just think, well, uh, there's someone that's bang up for it at the moment. He's just finished tied sixth. He's already won twice in the you know forty odd starts that he's had. Um, I'll take a chance in with forty to one. So yeah, Guido Migliozzi, first pick. Yeah, I think it's interesting. There's been a mixture of winners here, isn't there? Um, you know, you go back to the you know real class like Tom Lewis, who obviously came back. Um, you got Pod, uh, Andy Sullivan way back. Um, and I'm not knocking Stephen Brown at all, but obviously that would have been a a bit of a surprise. But even coming into into the event over past years, they haven't come in. You know, nobody's come into it in particularly flying form. Now, I think you're right. I think I think Guido is one of a number of reasonably young players, along with you know um, South African Wilco um, and a couple of others that I like, who have that real potential to be, you know, 50 places better in in the rankings in a very very short time. Um, so yeah, I, I I could knock your your decision to play that. I'd I'd much rather be on him than than a Paul Waring or Jamie Donaldson who was ugh, you know torn apart. Has a had had a couple of chances this year, hasn't kicked on when it really matters and was appalling last week. And again, look, you say don't look at the. You don't, I know you're saying you know we play the game and we don't look at the prices, but you have to. And yeah, I mean he's got ginormously more potential than any of those. So yeah, I I, I think that's fair play. He led the field in par four scoring as well mm. last week, which is yeah, important big. this week. Yeah, um, I just, yeah, I just, I was actually, you know, I think I can't remember what price he was last week. I think he might have even been double that last week or sixty. But I didn't fancy him for that kind of event. This is a sort of event that's right up his street. I mean, Kenya, he was sixteen under, and that's the sort of scoring he's going to have to get to this week to to contend. Um, I just think it's more up his street. It's you know, it's, it's an easy golf course if you like. So anyone that's shown a bit of form. The only the only slight hesitance I might have had is I'd almost prefer it if people that weren't in contention or didn't battle with it for four days because or weren't even there last week because sometimes it, that gets you out of a out of a rhythm when you've hit some really great shots and they kick off and, and God knows what else but but when he's led the field in par four scoring and he, and he you know he's never really looked he wasn't right in contention was he it wasn't like he was battling it and, and really had to fight for his, his lead or whatever. He, he just stayed up there and, and never really left. So I don't think he's really had the mental toll that someone like Kymer and Catley would have had last week. No, no, I, I, I say I'm not arguing with you at all. Um, I don't know. I think the first two did really did take it out of them. I mean, Catlin playing this week, we discussed that earlier. Um, had he finished third last week following, um, well, and actually, some you know some decent stuff that he's played recently. Um, you might well have put him up, uh, but that was that had to have, you know had to have destroyed him last week. That was that was four days, and and certainly the final day, he he can't possibly recover. I don't think. Um, I think he's a good, I think he's a reasonable price to do that though. He is, but like yeah, okay, uh, I, I was always told never guess some you know a player's mental state. Yeah, just on what you've seen. Um, yeah, I can't have him. I, I can't have him. I wouldn't. I, I, I wouldn't particularly see him as the type that will go back to back. I don't um, think. I don't think he's someone to shoot ridiculously low either. 
yeah, possibly not. I just think that fifty to one, you, you're thinking, okay, well, is it is it worth a chance? I mean, I don't think so this week, just because I, I like Guido at forty to one. Um, you know, you've got people like Brandon Stone that's gone close here at a similar price. Another guy that you're just about to mention is at the same price. Um, yeah, I, I just think that he, I was surprised that he was fifty to one. You know, sometimes when you think, okay, well he's going to be twenty eight or thirty three to one, and I won't even have to think twice about it. And then you see him at fifty to one, you think, well, that's quite generous considering because it's not like he's just won out of nowhere last week he's 25th at the start before he's had a sixth and an eighth since coming back from the lockdown so he's got Ooh. first two top eights and a 25th um and just one missed cut in that time you think well actually he's actually in world beating form in terms of the the field level that he's playing at uh if you know what does he have four wins last year or well, four wins since 2018 on the asian tour um you know he's, he's yeah, clearly he... an improving player isn't he Absolutely, um, but you know whether you cut number one come off, come off of that from last week and then go on three days later to play the tournament's going to just it's not demand anything, but you're going to be under pressure to make birdies. Um, yeah, I, I think that's the thing. I think do, he, he might just anywhere. go. It'd be stunning if he did it. If he Whereas I, what, the, sorry, Tom. I mean, my point was I think that the others that played, they they. I'm not saying they didn't try. They tried for half a dozen holes. And once it was getting away from them, I don't think they particularly got under pressure. Even um, uh, Gagley, um, you know, he, he had a disastrous opening to Sunday's round. Um, and he came back at the end. But I don't think there was any particular pressure on him. Well, somebody somebody up the top there like Catley and Kaima, to be honest with you, although obviously he's battle-hardened anyway. Um, I think it would take, you know... It, you know, like we talk about Sammy Valamaki. Why isn't he playing this week? Um, do you not think that this he would absolutely destroy this track? But anyway, by the point. Well, I think things suggest that he would, but uh, I don't know. I guess you know he's finished sixth, second, and tenth. Maybe he just got frustrated that he hasn't he hasn't got the win over he, those three weeks. And he got he got close, didn't he? He was he was going up the leaderboard. Yeah. Um, and when it was getting away from him, it, it, it just carried he on. So what very I'm saying, frustrated though, Valamaki. He was getting a right old hump at one point. Yeah, he was, once he it's gone though. Bunkers and... Once it's gone, it's gone, isn't it? Yeah. Um, whereas, whereas I think you know he's had to play. Catley's had to play a full seventy-two, um, and with his first win, I, I'm amazed if he does anything this week. Yeah, absolutely. We've got um, a quick word on Chris Paisley. I don't, you know, we've had him on the podcast before. We know what type of player he is, where he can contend. He's got two fifth place finishes and a twelfth at this course. Uh, the Leoness Open is a is a massive pointer um, for this event. Um, Matt Cooper of Betfair did a really good way of explaining this. So um, Ashen Wu was his pick, and this is how he explained it: is that Ashen Wu's won in Austria, uh, so has Jus Lauten, Chris Wood, Corhanen, Weisberger, and Mark Warren, who have also notched top threes here. Um, and then people that have won here: Steve Webster, Richard Green, Shane Lowry, David Lynn. Uh, have all had top three finishes in Austria, and Alex Levy, Bjerregaard, and Tom Lewis have also made the top ten when winning here as well. So, um, it's it's clearly a very good indicator. Uh, Chris has got a tenth and a thirtieth there. He's also got a top thirteen in guitar. So everything suggests, even when he wasn't the player that he he's been <coughs> since winning in South Africa, he was you know a fifth and a twelfth place finish there. Fifth again last season. Um, you know when he went a better run towards the end of the year. That would suggest that it's a it's a good event for him, um, and he didn't play in that last week. So 
that you know he hasn't yeah that could the, be an advantage could be an advantage yeah definitely. like he hasn't he hasn't got the scar tissue of even trying to get himself around um Valderrama last week yeah I mean I'd worry I mean silly I'd, I'd I know he's got the form I'd worry if he was long enough to to get it done but having said that he's you know he's got he's got low rounds here yeah fair enough I mean I'm not knocking I'm not knocking him but I think we say it every time you mention Chris Basley um yeah he, he just uh, he never appeals never appeals to me as a bet ever um one of those, until until he wins for a second time he probably won't for a lot of people because I think that sometimes people can see it as sort of like lightning in a bottle and he went on a very good good run after that win even and you know bigger events um and then sort of faded away for a bit and, and he's spoken about that on the podcast of you know he went so violently upwards he didn't really know how to sort of cope with it and yeah. your sort of ambitions change and you, you kind of get caught up in it a bit as well i think since he's kind of come back down to earth a little bit um you just see where he contends you know he finished eighth in france on a very tough golf course it doesn't demand length this golf course i think it's advantageous to be long but i think you can shoot you know, as long as you're accurate, I think you can shoot what you like around here, really. I mean, he finished with a 64 last year. Um, only finished three shots shy of, of Stephen Brown. Um, you know, it, it's one of those things that, obviously, we like Chris as, you know, he's been on the show mm. and things like that. So I think as you get to know someone, you kind of root for them a little bit and things like that. But I think it's just worth mentioning, based on his course form alone, that he was an interesting person to look out for. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely fair enough. I mean... Um... I mean, it's sort of course, the length the length is obviously advantageous because you want wedges into thing because you need to hold putts and the closer you are to the pin, the more you'll hold unless you're certain players. <laughs> um, so I'd worry about his putting um, and, and I'd worry about, I mean, it's not a great field. It's an okay field, but it, it's not, the, the last two weeks, you know, they, they just haven't had the fields that the tournaments really deserve. Um so in context, maybe he wouldn't be for me just because I think if he's not long enough, he's not going to hit short enough irons in, and then his pressure is on on him to hold 15, 20, well, that, 25. That's the thing, isn't it? Is everything's that, gone to worry. a line, hasn't it? You know, Correct. he might he might go close. So that's where you know the top fives and the twelve have been um, for him. You know, maybe he's got everything he can out of that week and and couldn't have got any better because he couldn't hit it further. That's the sort of lines you're going on there I, mm. i'd imagine um one quick word on you know stephen brown's obviously returning as defending champion this week um and his, his form's actually been you know sneakily very good since coming out of lockdown um i think he, he come up a couple of weeks ago didn't he when we talked about him being a, a hundred odd to one um after finishing i think it was fifth at, at the english championship wasn't he um and then he finished 10th last week at valderrama i don't necessarily I think again, everything has to align for him to to win. I think he he hits a lot of greens. That is that is his main part of his game. Um, he has to get hot. He had a, an all time putting week last year, um, and I think he'd have to do that again. I think there. I don't know if the, if the pressures of being a defending champion are quite as much when there's not so much hospitality and and sort of things like that going on. I don't know whether that's a bit easier this time around. I don't know what your that's, thoughts are on that. That's a very good point. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely a good point. I mean, I was disappointed. Was it over at, um, I can't remember where it was. Is it Hanbury Manor, was it? Um, yeah. Where he, he, he played very badly in the final group. Um, he's the same sort of player. I mean, he's the same sort of player as Paisley, isn't he? You, 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 you know, you could have the same description to both of them, couldn't you, really? Um, 
they'll both hit greens. Are they long enough to take short enough clubs to to put the these big hitters under pressure? Potentially. You know, we've always it's it's a lot. We'd rather have somebody sort of getting within 15 and 20 feet every single time, and at least you know if the rock rolls one day, then then they win as opposed to missing the greens and you know really fighting to you know you're not going to make birdies. Um, so they're the sort of player that that will fit. I just wonder whether they are like you say, whether everything's got to be right for them. Um, you go back to somebody like Ryan Fox. Um, you know he's going to absolutely bomb it down. You know he's going to hit the green. Um, but for him, I mean, I don't see how he can miss a fairway on this course. But for him, it'll be something like that. It'll be a, a, a really bad 335-yard drive that will be wrong. And that means he can't stop it close enough. They're different types of players, aren't they? Um, block Brown won here, so it clearly suits. Um, they're the same sort of player. If they win, they win. I won't be on. No, yeah, I'll com- completely agree to to that extent. Really, I think that for me, they do everything has to go well. I think, especially in Brown's case, we've seen that that he had just a really great week and put it all together. I think he's obviously got potential. We've spoken to him about his career and and what he's done and and it's always been there. Um, but that was the only week so far that he's really put it together. Even when he even when he went close at well, he didn't even go close at Hanbury Magazine. You know. Sullivan beaten by 10 shots it was hmm. he was well away from it so he wasn't even really in contention even though he was in the final group so um you know it's it's one of those things I think that if you know if you believe that shorter hitters can win here I think they're two that can obviously go well um they're not they're not my picks this week um but let's go on to the person that you like in this range um there's a couple in this sort of range isn't there um what <laughs> Are we talking about uh, Rosner or Bessie? Yeah, Antoine Rosner. Yeah. Antoine Rosner. Yeah, I, I, in fact, look, I'll, I'll chuck both in and then... I'll do then, both at the same time, yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> might as well. Again, they, they, for me, they're in the same sort of um, group, if you like. And they're not, you know, obviously not quite as young and haven't got quite that unknown as Wilco. Um, but they've both got... They've, they've all got this very similar skill set. Besseling is um, a greens and regulation master. Uh, he's top 20 to green. Um his driving distance absolutely fine. It certainly will be around here in the context of here. He'll be, top, he'll be, he'll end up top ten here in the uh, distance. He'll probably end up top ten, top twelve in tee to green. Um, the old style greens in regulation. He leads that by miles off the tee. He's leading those stats. So yeah, everything about Besting suggests he is going to hit an awful lot of greens. The the problem, of course, look, if they're going to be first in greens, nobody's Tiger Woods, are they? Right. So if they're all going to hit greens in regulation. Something's got to give, otherwise they'd be winning every week. So typically, the Besselings seem to have an issue putting. However, I mean, last week is a is a bit of a weird one. I don't think you can take the stats particularly at face value because you had such a different type of track. But for a man like him to to have, I think I pointed him out last week um, purely on his greens and regulation. Um, but for him to be able to be top ten in driving last week. He was fourth in greens, uh, top 20 in putting. Um, that was a fantastic performance on, on a track that really um, I wouldn't have put him down as, as suiting particularly, certainly not third best in the field. Um, he's caught the eye. I said that last week again. He caught the eye a couple of times, obviously, you know, Celtic Manor. Um, but he's been doing little bits. And for some reason, he gets put on telly quite a lot, doesn't he? Um, the birdie putts on par fives particularly, I've <laughs> noticed, even if he's eight or nine shots out of the frame. Been playing really well, 
since he's come back from lockdown. I mean, look at yourself. Look at the um, the greens, the greens and reg stats. Look at the you know Tita green stats in the context of this field. Um, it's, it, it, this really is only if 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 the putt goes if the putt's going um, at sixty to one in, in comparison to the players we've spoken about already. I I, th- I think it's wrong. I think that forty five to one is is far closer to the actual price that it should be. He's going he's going to murder these greens. Um, on what we've seen, will he putt enough? No, but he's he's high enough in par four. He's high enough in par five. It, it, <laughs> 60 to 1, he's got plenty of form, plenty of improvement left in him. Um, he just keeps catching the eye. And, and and this is the type of course that is his. So I'm very, very happy to, to put him up at 60 to 1. Absolutely. Yeah, no, absolutely. I get that. Um, the I, other one, sorry, Rosner. Sorry, yeah, and Rosner as well. I think yeah, same, similar. similar sort of thing, isn't it? Same similar, profile. T- yeah, I mean, the only thing we say is I, I went through the par 4, how important the par 4s are. Um, around here um, and if you look through the par 4 performance on the European Tour site you'll find that about 25 of the top 30 are playing on the PGA Tour because obviously they've put they've put the majors in um, it's pathetic um, another pathetic thing that the European Tour website do but if you dissect all that um, I do think Ben makes a point on his thing as well um, Roster is 43rd in par 4 performance which actually translates around about 12th by the time you take it, all the PGA uh, uh, performers. Um, he has been second in Portugal. Um, I know it was on the Challenge Tour. It's a bit up the motorway, I think, but it's a similar coastal result, um, you know, where all the Brits go for holiday or used to go for holiday before they had to spend 14 days when they come back. Um, he plays really well in Iberia. He's played well in Spain before. Um, and I thought, again, he was one that um, last week, I think, would have, suited him better than somebody like uh, Bezeling. Um, so it doesn't surprise me that he played well. Um, he was put up very earlier on um, in the Austrian, wasn't he, by um, a few people. Um, he was quite well backed earlier, uh, earlier this year. He's, I, I just think he's an improving player, going to the right type of um, area in the world for him. Um, and I, his, his stats stack up, so I don't really know what else... You can add to that. Um, like I say, last week, do you take it with a pinch of salt? It doesn't really matter. Anyone hitting, anyone getting the top 10 in, in Valderrama is, is worthy looking at. Uh, and he's back here. I don't think he was particularly under pressure. He got a lot of TV coverage. So we saw what he was doing and he kept having he kept having putts for birdies. Put it on round here over over flatter greens. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy to stick him up. Um, along with best thing, to be honest with you. I think they're exactly the type of player that will do well here. And I'd be surprised if one of them doesn't at least challenge over the weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Completely get that. There's a guy here that's played, uh, he's finished second on this course twice, once to uh, to actually keep his card, uh, finished second a couple of starts, and that's Justin Walters. Mm. Um, obviously likes the event, uh, has, has obviously contended when the chips have been down, but it's been far more important than, than what it will be to him this week. Um, he's got that little bit of a, a safety blanket in the sense that he's not going to lose his card anytime soon. Uh, so I don't know if that will just free him up to to play the golf that he, you know, he may want to have just done at this course. I mean, he's second here last year, second in 2013. Um, 
it, it just seems to me that you know he's had multiple other top 20 finishes so he clearly is at peace with just playing at his golf course and he just it's an easy golf course he knows it's an easy golf course and, and he plays it like that um you know i thought he was really impressive in mm. in that event you know when he lost to, to hogard now he's playing against somebody that's got absolutely no fear whatsoever uh no scar tissue nothing um had to make a massive pass save on the first playoff hole, made it. Uh, second time, you could just see the nerves going through him when he hit his drives, you know, and put himself under way too much pressure to win it. Um, but that's just because of how much it means to him, you know. He, to in the greatest respect to Justin, he's been a journeyman golfer. You know, he needs to get a win, or he feels like he needs to get a win to really justify being on the European soil. It looks to me that's how he feels. Um, and I just think if he is going to win one, it's probably going to be here. Um, I think the the seventy five to one was a bit generous uh, on him just because of of the course form. Uh, you know, beyond that, obviously he's open of a sixty four on his you know two starts ago, so he's clearly hitting the ball well enough. Um, even seventy to one that is, is generally what his price is now. I still think that's quite generous. Um, so I definitely like him as as a second pick. I just like I say, if he's going to win anywhere, this feels like it's going to be the type of place he does it. Where, especially now in this scenario, there's there's nothing, there's nothing he's playing for. He's just playing for purely this is the course he enjoys. Uh, and yeah, okay, if he gets in contention down the stretch again, he's probably going to have the same feelings. He's probably still going to get nervous, but it will just he hasn't got to protect, a, you know, a score. You know, he finished second that week and he knew that was enough. Whereas, you know, he's only going to go for the win. I don't know how much of an impact you think that will make this week. Yeah, I mean, didn't didn't, didn't go under any pressure last week at all, did he? And that would have been a shock to him. Um, he was. I thought he was. I thought he was excellent. I mean, we all thought he was going to fade away at the UK, um, especially when Kymer put him under pressure. My mate, MK. <laughs> he, oh, MK. Yeah, it's all right. It's a done a game, isn't it? He didn't fade away. He, he was just chipping and putting absolutely fantastically. He, he looked, he did look under pressure there, and he actually handled it really well. And like you say, uh, he took Rasmus on through extra holes. Um, do you know what? You make a perfectly good case, Tom, and I'm not arguing against it. No. Um, any others at a slightly bigger price? I've got three that I want to mention at three-digit prices. Um one of them in particular at a slightly bigger price than the other two, but there's two others I think are worth mentioning. Have you got the others that's sort of hundred um, Just one I need to mention that we before we were talk before when we were chatting, um we were chatting through the field and I think I'm not sure if I convinced you. Uh but Laurie Cantor, um as we were talking, as we were going through and, and discussing various bits, um, he's definitely too big at sixty one. Ignore ignore the you know the form that he's got around here, although he has got a sixty six. Um, he's a completely different player now. Um, playing really well, getting lots of TV coverage, so he's going to be very used to that. Um, flying, really, since since we've come back, isn't he, really? Um, 13th at the UK, didn't play last week, which is fantastic news. He's actually ranked 23rd in par 4 performance, which, again, if you take out all those PGA players, puts him top six, something like that. Yeah. Um, he's also 19th in par 5 performance, again, take out all these big hitting Americans that puts him in the top 10. He's on a run of fifth at Celtic Manor, 13th at the UK. Didn't play last week to get absolutely killed off by the, if we believe that that's going to have an effect on anybody, massive hitter, top 15 hitter. Um, look at his strokes gained top 10, uh, off the tee every single week. Um, 
their av- the rest is nothing wrong with the rest in context of of what he faces this week. His pattern isn't too bad actually. It's probably sl- it is better than some of the others that we have mentioned. So you have to think he's going to have enormous chances to shoot low. Um, and when you look at his stats this year, it's hard to look down and then see that he's got two missed cuts and a top 70 here because it doesn't seem the same sort of player and it's not the same sort of player. Um, so, yeah, if 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 he turns up in the same in the same frame, 66 is wrong big time by by 20 points. I think it's obviously just factors in the fact that, again, this form that he's shown is is night and day to what he's shown since he's been on tour, isn't it? But Yeah, but it's, when, it's been consistent. It's been for six, seven weeks. I know. And then when you look at it as well, he hasn't, although he's been, his name's been around for a while, he hasn't actually played that many events. He's not actually been in this length, you know, strength of field mm. for that often. I think it's something ridiculous like 70 events. So, although that's kind of enough for people to make a judgment, now he's, now he's sort of showing the form that he's showing. You could kind of say, well, is this actually his level as opposed to what he's shown in the previous six events? It's not like he's played 400 events and you know exactly what you're getting. You know, it, it may just be that he's, some people take it longer to adjust than others. You know, here I am making a case for Justin Walters and, you know, it would only be on certain courses like this one. But um, he's been around for, for yonks. You know, he's played on various tours across the world. Laurie is he hasn't played that many events and and people seem to have written him off quite early on um and now he's kind of showing you know the sort of form that that was maybe expected of him when he first come out so yeah I, I completely see that I think that he is obviously like you say statistically he makes a, a lot of sense he hits it a mile um which is obviously going to be advantageous to him here and yeah I can't I can't really disagree with you I thought to me when I see Laurie Cantor at 66 and 60 to 1 I don't think oh that's too big um, but that maybe, like I say, just be a a sort of maybe a previous perception I've had of him as opposed to actually the type of player he is now. You know, when you look at someone like Lucas Beauregard, who hasn't played well for God knows how long. I know he's won here before, but it's, you know, the, the different types of player at the moment, aren't they, in terms of form? Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think, like I say, it's, it's, it's very, you know, players catch your eye when you're not even watching for them, when, you know, either on telly or when you're watching the leaderboard. They just catch your eye. I mean, I don't know, you'd have to ask psychologists why certain players do that. But things like Besseling have just caught my eye the way he's played. When they continue to show them having birdie chances, whether they make them or not, you know, they just stick in your head. And I know that there's one listener that we've got that who was on cancer a couple of times at bigger prices. <laughs> wasn't complimentary about him. But, you know, the fact remains that he's there. And when he missed, I know he was playing the same course, but he missed the cut at Celtic Manor came the week after and, and you know got a fifth so when he's on a run he seems to be on a run and it's 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 all in context isn't it um you know we know the top three here are are you know classy but the rest is any but any of them can beat any of them at any stage so like we said we've always said you know you you have to look at prices um we, we recognize for example wilco's claims but we can't be on at the price um Laurie Cantor, 66, first seven, you know, fifth of the odds, 12 to one. You know, that's the sort of thing like you always say, you know, does does the place pay? And it does with him, I think. You know, he's got enough form there that suggests, and like I said, you know, 23rd par four, 19th par five performance. Look down the list since 2015 and, and beyond. It's exactly what you need. You need to finish 
in the top 10 in both those stats and he does it every week so where, where's the negative yeah i just i i personally just i don't see as much in win equity in him as some of the people that we've mentioned but that's again a 66 to 1 and 60 to 1 you've got even if he top fives you've got a decent payout and it's worth being on um so i completely understand there's another player that a former winner here uh, and a winner of the Qatar Masters as well that I know you want to talk about a long time ago now, but he, he showed something for you last week at Valderrama. Ah, uh, yeah. So Alvaro Kiros used to be Steve Rawlings' mate. He used to put him <laughs> up every week for everything before he even had that big advert on when he was quite good. Um, wasn't he threatening for world number one at one point or something silly? Well, um, he's, he's been in contention of the Players' Championship, isn't he? He has. So... He certainly has. I mean, he, he, was a, he was an awesome player. And we know what he'd done. He had, he had magic. He did have magic hands, and he was a massive hitter. Um, and uh, of all the places, I mean, I know he's got you know a tied second. At, at, here's, here's here's the thing: the only thing he's really shown is a tied second at um, Valderrama last year. He turns up after you know enormous tournaments of absolutely being out out with a wash. He might as well not even bother turning up. Um, and he's seventeenth. Um, last week on really the way he's playing you could not have possibly seen him he's he's they kept showing him uh he had some fantastic chipping um getting very close to flags his irons looked absolutely spot on um so the thought is here he is around a course that he's won before although it is you know before you and i were born um he's also got that win at qatar it, you know again you know before before we were even born um and I just thought if this was a sign of something to come, then and he's back on a course that he's going to absolutely adore. For me, he was he was a bet 100 until I saw he was at 150 on Betfair. Um, and, you know, the rule of the anti-post betting as far as, you know, hopefully this podcast is concerned, is uh, we try and lay back double the uh, stake at court of the odds. Um, and if that was a sign last week, and it may well have been, um, he's, he's just too big. Um, you you mentioned the fact that he sort of lives or may still live on the course, around the course, somewhere like that. I'm not I'm not too sure. Um, doesn't really matter. He's bounced back to form in the right place on the right course, and I felt he showed enough that that I don't think they've overreacted um, this week. To be honest with you, um, I was over the moon. Take 150. I still think he's worth 100 to one, but that that's my preferred way of doing it. I don't know what he is now. Uh, it's probably 200 actually. Um, yeah. I mean, you look at him, look at him when he's compared to, you know, Richard Bland is there. Um, whatever. Yeah. There we are. That's the end of my conversation. He, uh, he's won more recently than Martin Keimer. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, he, he was, but that's the sort of player he was though, wasn't it? That, you know, just, just to put it into picture of people that may be new to, to golf or, or betting or anything, you know, he was of that ilk at one point. He was a, he was a, oh, he was. It was top class. I mean, he'd won 2006, 2008, 2009, 2010. He'd won 2011. He won twice, two big events in Dubai. Um, and then it goes six years without a win. Uh, and then wins the Rocco Rocco Forte Open. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, I think it was on Xander actually, yeah. which was very strange. And and also he had, well, I think it was it a five shot lead going into the final day. Uh, then made four birdies in the first six holes, and everyone thought he'd run away with it. And then dropped six in the last ten to even give your mate Xander a chance. So there's there's a bit of a worry if he gets into contention. Well, 
it, it is. It is. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've no doubt he's going to brick it if he goes clear. But you know, 150, we'll have done our we've done our job anyway by then. We'll have we'll have doubled our money and we'd have gone back in at single figures. So, you know, that's that's what we're looking for. Um, and we've made money on players like Tringali and and Stephen Brown when they haven't done anything. Yeah. So they don't have to win when you play like that. But just of interest, you go back to 2017, done absolutely bugger all until he gets tie 22nd in Portugal and then follows it up with that Rocco Forte win. So, yeah, he just he just needs a sniff, doesn't he? Just once he gets once he gets a bit of a, a sort of a flashback of the type of player he has been in the past, I think that kind of pushes him on. And now he's going to come to a course he's won at, contended at, finished top twenty at, uh, isn't difficult. Why can't he kick on? Yeah, I just thought again in, in, in he caught the iron in context. That's fine. I mean, really, really dubious thing is that when he was twenty second at Morgado that Rosner was actually his second in Portugal was also there as well. Um, so that's really, really dubious. Um, but I don't really care. Um, it just caught the eye there. You look at 2017, he's got loads of missed cuts and there's two there. So if he can follow up a revival, not necessarily with a win, but if he can follow up a revival with, with um, a follow-up performance the week after, round here, surely this is where he's going he's gonna to thrive. Yeah, absolutely. I, I just think... As we say quite often, if you've got any sort of positives about a three-figure golfer, and you can also go and get them to nearly 200 one or whatever on on Betfair, you're not asking a lot from them, are you? Like mm. you just, they don't need to. If they just get themselves in a contentionist job done, um, and anything, you know, if they do go on and win, which let's be completely frank, he has. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't take a lot for him to win this event. Like, although. He's nowhere near the player he was. There's there's, there's not ten players in the field that are, are much classier than him. There, there's a, there's a lot of players that are in a lot better form than him. Um, but in terms of names and in terms of fear factors, there's not someone that he's going to fear going down the stretch if he if he is in contention, is it? No, I, I, no. I mean, yeah, like I say I'd, I'd be very worried if he was, but equally, I'd rather he was than. Then he was 39th. Let's put it like that. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he's going to come from the pace. I think he does need to be in front. And uh, it's just this little bit. There's little bits there at a three-figure price. I mean, you know, whatever. Yeah, we'll see. I've got three players that I want to mention um, at these similar prices. First one is a Frenchman, Adrian Sadier. Okay. Now he finished fourth here last season. Uh, he shot 68-66 over the weekend. Uh, lost out by two, so did nothing wrong. Uh, never shot worse than 68 all week. Uh, he's also the 16th here uh, a couple of years prior to that as well. Um, and he just he just seems to be the type of player that, although he's not really kicked on to what people expected, um, he's got a little bit of class about him. He had two 66s when he was 16th in, in 2018 as well, so he clearly knows how to go at this course. And if there's any stock to be put into um, the Austria link that I've mentioned previously, uh, the Leoness Open Diamond Country Club, he finished tied 18th there uh, earlier this season, um, coming out of the lockdown. I just think that there was enough in there to, to pique my interest. He's obviously got a 16th in Qatar as that's well. That's right, he's got two Qatar. Two yeah. really good so Qatar. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. When you look at his, I know, he's gone on a, a sort of a missed cut train, if you like, four out of the last seven he's played or whatever it is but before that he was a third 12th and 18th in his, his three events and then it was only the, you know this time last year that he finished fourth here so 
if you get him on the right course, um, you know, he made the cut last week, albeit he didn't really do a lot. He was he was right down the bottom and, and only shot a 73 was his best score, and that was the opening round. So he only really just scraped by anyway. But as we've spoken, that may not necessarily be the worst thing because he was never in contention. And, and the fact that he didn't shoot in the 80s when plenty of other people did suggests that he's not in the worst kind of form anyway. I just thought that, you know, he's got those two of his best finishes of his career are on this course. You know, I always look at the top 20 finishes they've got on the, on the world golf rankings, and that's his their, their third and 18th best finishes. So, um, you know, he obviously like there's something he likes about the course. And, um, yeah, I just thought he was a, a reasonable price at 125 to 1, considering there's not a lot to beat. Um, again, Ashran Wu, similar. He's 100 to 1. He's actually won in Austria. Uh, he shot a 64 here uh, a couple of weeks, a couple of years ago, uh, the week after winning the KLM Open. Um, again, I think a lot of people put him up last week, didn't they? They sort of expected a bit from him, um, just because he's got three wins in you know 100 starts, whatever it is. So this this level, he's uh, he's a very good player. Uh, 31st last week. I just again nothing particularly. I don't particularly fancy. I probably actually prefer the, the bigger one that I'm about to mention over over Wu. But I know he's he's proven it. He's got the wins. I can see why people like him. Um, and the last one I want to mention another Frenchman is Joel Stalter. Now he was tied 12th in this event in 2017. He was tied 34th in the Austrian event that we talk about uh, with a 70 with a 77 that week as well. So he would have been top 10 uh, of anything normal there in that round. Um, he won the second event back. Hmm. this season didn't he um after finishing full uh 15th the week before so when you look at his just his raw form uh since you know since the restart he's got a first a 15th for 28th and okay he's missed the last two cuts but you know nothing wild it wasn't it wasn't like he's played terribly um and and he's got a good finish on this course you know 2017 at you know tied 12th uh open with a 70 and shot 67 68 67 um, so he's only one shot outside the top ten. Um, it's only two shots outside the top five. You know what price would he be if it was actually a top five finish that you know that week? I don't know because he's in great form, really, for someone of his level. Like he's not a world beater. He's not expected to be out there in contention, and he's had he's had a win already. I know it was in a you know nothing event, hmm. um, but but he's won, and and that's more than a lot of people would say. And you talk about the par four scoring. Well, he's actually 50th on touring par four scoring. As you say, if you take out 25 of those, um, you know, 30 of those, whoever that are not, you know, not even playing on this tour, then he's right up there. And that I just thought 200 to one, and, and you can get plenty bigger on Betfair as well. I just thought that was a, an interesting price. Yep, I absolutely agree. Yeah, it's exactly what you say. If you you can find positives on a three figure price. Yeah, can you you can't argue, can you? you? Can't argue against it. It's impossible. So uh, yeah, I, I get you know absolutely fine. Not no I problem. Just, I like to find in this sort of field. I think you like to find someone um, at a reasonably big price that you think you can go well. And you know we've we've come up with similar names. You know most weeks we looked at Toby Tree getting us a you know fast. Yeah, I think he'll go. Put, I think he'll do well. This better than, than his price this week to be honest with you. Yeah, Joe Shulham has been a player that's been very popular over the last few weeks, and he's never really not really done it when it's come to it. Um, but you know I just thought that that Stalter at least he has one. You know different company, different level, but it was enough for me to yeah. to pique my interest and look a bit further into it. Uh, and he's got the form there at the courses that, that you wanted him to. So, 
yeah, I thought he he was one to uh, to raise at two hundred to one. Any other yep. bits of business on this one, or are we uh, going on well, to the yeah, I'm basically way? done. Uh, just disappointments, really. Hayden Portius should be tearing courses like this up. Absolutely gone at the game. Um, I think Toby Tree will go well. Actually, I think he'll go better. So like Tapio Pulcanon, he should be you know eating this course up. Um, <laughs> they're not though, are they? They're they're not doing it. And and at the end of the day, that's the end of that, isn't it? Yeah, I think there's 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 names down there, isn't there, that do stick out and then people that you kind of think can certainly with an easy test can just come back to form and there will be. There'll be someone that's four hundred to one this week that will be in the top ten and and you'll think, Well, why didn't I find him? It's some of the sometimes it's just impossible. You know, players can can win here without any course form in the past. There's no yeah. pointers there. Um I tend to just try and find someone that has some some sort of reasoning. I know obviously you've picked out cancer based on you know, a statistical profile as opposed to his course form. Um, but I don't think there's many that you can pick out down here that have got those sort of statistics and and then you can kind of guess that everything else is kind of what's in front of you and we've picked out those ones and, and ready to move on to the yeah. the yeah. less exciting Safeway Open, I think. Yeah, it wouldn't, again, it wouldn't surprise me if someone like Moronk came back to form. Um, this is now about firing at the pins, isn't it? Um, yeah, we'll see. You know, Jordan will probably win by five now. Uh, just, just before we move on, what, guess guess the price of John Catlin on Betfair currently. Seventy. Ninety-five to one. Yes. Yeah. Somebody's somebody pissed, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. What what point do you just think? Okay. Well, you just can't win. I had this the other. Do you know what I had this the other week with someone? I can't remember who it was now. I'll look it up if I can be bothered, but I can't. Um, and and I think we were talking. He was X on on here, sixty or something. Oh, I know it was Katiyama, um, somewhere or other. And I didn't fancy him at all. And the books just would not shift at fifty or whatever it was, fifty-five to one. And he was three figures on Betfair. And I thought, Do you know what? I'm just going to try and bake a cheeky couple of quid. And he just kept drifting. And the books <laughs> would not drift him. And he was double the price on on Betfair. And he was not very good. So I'm not getting caught. Somebody knows. So. I'm not interested at 50. If somebody knows something, I'm not interested at 95. I mean, to be fair, I think he's got about a million messages. I did try and get one on the podcast. He just said he liked the message, said thank you very much, and, and didn't say anything back. At least he replied, unlike some. Well, he didn't reply. He just, he just liked it. And then he just sat oh. and put his picture up that he was on the beach there, you know, with a beer, I think. So he's not going to be taking things too seriously. With but... a Martin Keimer picture by his heart. <laughs> just laughing. Just laughing away at the victory he's just snuck off, snuck from the, a major champions. Right, move on. <laughs> the Safeway Open. Mm. Now, before the odds came out, everyone said, "How wild is it going to be that the person that's just played in the Champions Tour, won the Champions Tour, is going to be the favourite?" Phil Mickelson's not your average Champions Tour player, is he? Um, so it's slightly skewed. It's not like we're getting, you know, it's not like we're getting Bernard Langer coming up and playing favourite this week. Um, Mickelson's been competitive on the PGA Tour for, you know, up until now. He's second in the WGC field not so long ago. So um, I wouldn't read too much into that. But the fact that him and Siwoo Kim are joint 20 to 1 favourites, Brendan Steele's 22 to 1, who again has played very well at this course. Mm. Uh, you know, he's got victories here. So you, you can't take it away from him. But those three, you know, 20 and 22 to 1 favourites, it, it sort of shows what sort of event we're in for this week. Yeah, it's not one of them, isn't it? It's a reasonable grade without any stars. Um, look, you look back to see who's won it before. You know, Griot actually managed to get his head in front. 
steals one twice. To be fair, although we read them out and we think, oh, you know, they're they're okay players. Um, you've then obviously got Kevin Tway, whatever, um, and obviously Cameron Champ, who, who just about can get away with being. He's still improving, so you know we can leave him alone. Um, so that's the type of player that we're looking for. It's an okay player, but you know, as I said to you earlier, when you actually look into what they've done in the years that they've won, I know this is contextually different in 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 you know the weird year that we've had. The years that they've won, they have actually put up some fantastic efforts in some really good tournaments. So whilst we you know we look at Tway and you think, oh, you know, I know he went through a period of being okay. Um, you look back and, and, you know, he's got great form in the Canadian, which which pops up a few times this year for us. Um, the key to me, um, or the key for me, sorry, should I say, was everything points to the Travellers. Um, Tway's been fifth and sixth at the Travellers, fifth in the year that he won this, and then sixth the year before, I believe. Um, Steele's got a 17th and a 14th at the Travellers. Also in the same year, he's got top 15 finishes in the US Open. So, Whilst we, we sit there and we go, oh, it's an okay tournament, it's not. Um, you do have to be, I don't know whether you have to be in form or whether you have to be, at that period, you have to be on top of your game, if you like. Um, whether it's a peak or, tr- you know, a peak of your form or whether it's it's going forward. Um, and I think I said to you before, everything you look at that's um, a comparative course makes you think, Bubba Watson, really. Um, and he would definitely have been a bet this week because I think everything points to him. It, it, all this all this correlative uh, coursework does it. Um, so yeah, Phil Mickelson, um, is, this is all about, um, uh, I mean, you do have to putt here, don't you? I think, but you can probably get away with it again, but a bit like Portugal. This is all about tee to green again, isn't it? This is all about saving shots over the field, getting it on the short stuff and going from there, whether you can trust Phil to do that. I don't think he putted particularly well at the champions um, when he won. So, I think a lot of it's around the greens. I think Cameron Champ led the field around the greens when he won. Um, I think chipping does come into it a little bit, so that would suit Phil. Obviously, we know he's got a, he's a bit of a magician with his wedge in his hand, even at his right yeah, but he can't age finish it off, can he? No, but he'll probably miss the putt. So it, I think the players have contended here without putting well. We've seen Grillo's one here, so I think that well, that's true. That tells you. If you, but that's if you want to go, green, isn't it? If that's... you want to go down team no putt one week, then this the way I see this tournament is it's always the first one isn't it and and you normally get a whole host of web.com players come up uh, and most of them you know not most of them but a lot of the better ones tend to contend um, and obviously that's not the case this year you know not, there's not going to be those types of players in the field um, because they can't be otherwise there'd be certain ones that we'd be backing but um, instead of looking for the next best uh, web.com player then let's look at a player that's you know improving um, at this level you know there's, there's certain ones that are showing signs of becoming a really good player you know it's not like Grillo who's who was you know he was red hot coming into this event wasn't he when he won and he was you know that was expected of him to go on and win and, and he was expected to go and kick on really well from there um, he's actually gone backwards now there's a lot of players in the fields that are being really good and going backwards you know Brant Snedeker is one that I've spoken about really big fan of Snedeker it's 40 to 1 base in his course form, but he's regressed massively over the last year. Um, Keegan Bradley, you know, <laughs> when was the last time he, I know he won that playoff event against Justin Rose, but he can't putt. He li- it's not like an exaggeration, he literally can't putt. You know, he's probably one of the best iron players, you know, on any given day. 
but he can't putt. He might shoot a 64 one day just because he does it somehow. Um, but this this is the type of field where I would be looking for the person that needs to take the next step up. Um, in the next couple of names in the in the betting were Joel Damon and Harold Varner the third. They're two players, aren't they? They're expected to go on and win PGA titles now. I think Harold Varner gets a lot of attention for other reasons as opposed to just his talent. Um, you know, he's seen as a, you know an outspoken person on tour. They want to get an interview for him. Fair enough. Um, both of those players will have every opportunity, but twenty-eight to one, I'd probably rather look elsewhere. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, Harry Varner's he's got some great uh, tee green stuff, hasn't he? But oh, he's a bit loose sometimes, isn't he? You can't be on at that price. And Joel Damon's probably laid himself on Betfair, um, or, or he's he's should have certainly had a five-figure bet with Phil about who finishes higher. Uh, he doesn't seem interested in winning. He wasn't interested. We say this every time we talk about him. He wasn't interested in the minor tour over the over the lockdown. Um, purposely, I thought through that away. He's, he's hilarious. I mean, it's, it is. You know, it's very very funny to read these tweets of this, that, and the other. But you know, you're a professional golfer, and and you know, you're earning a lot of money out of it. So at least try to win a tournament. And uh, you know, he'll probably take me to court now or something because that'd be another ten grand for him. But yeah, um, can, you, can you not get us into trouble? Because I haven't got I mean, I Joel. That, I haven't got Joel. I've got nothing, mate. Um, I believe Joel is a, is an outstanding golfer and, and, and you know top class. But yeah, yeah. I'm not. He, I'm not saying he's not playing golf. By his own admission, he has said, hasn't he, that he, if he could make money doing something else, he would. Hmm. He just yeah. likes playing golf with his buddies and getting drunk. So don't take the fact that he's in Napa, I don't. <laughs> I'd be a bit concerned. He's probably yeah. neck deep yeah. in bloody red wine right now. Yeah. But, don't. Don't. Yeah. Don't. Don't. Just don't. You know, don't take the mick out of us. So go away. Yeah. Then you've got uh, a couple of uh, former major champions, Jordan Spieth and Sergio Garcia. Yeah, gone. But I mean, it's just incredible, isn't it? It's incredible, isn't it? How on earth can Damon and Varna be shorter than? Oh. Well, at the moment, Jordan Spieth doesn't know what a fairway is. Well, I know he doesn't. Apart but from when he's looking that, for no, his but I'm mates. saying it in terms of, of being a golf fan. Yeah. Yeah, it's just um, remarkable, isn't it? I don't, I don't really expect anything from Spieth. I think he needs. I'd rather just wait until he shows it. I know as soon as he does show it, it'll be half in price, and and he's gonna, he's gonna win an event at some point. Everyone's gonna wish they were on and and that sort of thing. But I don't really care this week. Sergio is obviously an interesting one. He's never played here. Be see, be interested to see what he does before next week. Same with Shane Lowry as well. I think. Both of those are kind of just tuning up their games for the major next week. And then you come down to, to former Willow Grillo. And, and Grillo's actually been in good form mm. before the before the playoffs, hadn't he? And I was kind of hoping to get somewhat of a price on him. I don't know why I thought that I'd get a price on him because any time he shows a bit of form, he goes down to, to less than what he should be. And, you know, I think people forget that he's still, you know, he's only won the, the once on tour and it was five years ago. So it's... <sighs> I don't know. It, it's one of those ones where he's finished ninth and third before it got to the PGA Championship in Northern Trust. So this sort of level of field, when you look at this season just gone, tied ninth of Barracuda, tied for Durham Open, tied for Puerto Rico Open. Um, in the, in that level of field, he's good enough to contend, isn't he? And that's what you're being priced on. Yep. Does the same thing every week, doesn't he? Bang down a, bang down a fairway, bang on the green. Four putts. Um, there we are. But as you say, I mean, you know, you've put Phil up there and he can't putt. So why not Grillo? I, I just think in the context of the top lot, 
then maybe I still think he's short, but maybe fair enough. But we've you know we've spoken about some a bit lower down that maybe should be the same price as he is, and and certainly opening up they weren't. Um, but yeah, he's look. You've got multiple winners here before. I, I'd I'd find it hard to see Grillo uh, winning, uh, and I couldn't be on. But uh, why not? You know why not? Uh, that's it. Brendan Steele is a two-time champion back-to-back, isn't he? And and Grillo's the type of person that could be as good as him, I suppose, is is the argument. I mean, it took it's five so years to between Steele's first and second win, so you know, Grillo could down the same path. But I just... It's hard to trust him, isn't it? I don't know if I'd rather try and take him 150 to one in a, in a bigger event yeah, and just hope that he right. somehow puts one week. Because that is all it is. Like it's, it's it's crazy when there's such a glaring omission in someone's game. It's I find it worrying that these these athletes and these high level golfers can't just. I know, it's it's easy saying it from inside, but how mental, can they not just fix mental. one thing? It's, it's mental, isn't it? It's just it, like it literally, it literally is mental. There's there's something there, isn't there? Um, but like because we say, they can't. I think all a lot be... of it is mental because when everyone gives. Phil Kenyon is massive credit for how he's turned Molinari around a Woodland round and all that sort of stuff. Even when they've been putting better than normal, they still weren't the best putters on tour. It's not like they've gone from where Webb was, where he couldn't hit a putt to save his life, and then suddenly become the fifth best putter in the world. That they're, they're still middle of the road putters. They just they just believe they can make a putt rather than but rather than worrying about it. You can't. Time. You know, we've seen golfers where they've improved on one bit and then and then and then failed. You know, for something else, the thought process or, or some physical change or whatever. I mean, they can't all do everything perfectly. Otherwise, you know, like I say, they look be, like Dustin Johnson. They'd be Xander Schuffler. <laughs> Let's go on. Who to I the actually think he's a better all-round player, but he's obviously not a better player. But we, we we'll argue that later on. Yeah, we can do when we've got time. But let's look at Ches Reeves, Kevin Strong yeah. now. Yeah. Ches Reevy is a name that you put up a little while ago saying how could he be priced at what he was when he was a top 50 player in the world. Yeah. And it was 100 to 1, wasn't it? Sixth, I think at uh, St. Jude, I think. Yeah, and, and he flew up there, didn't he? And then Kevin Strillman, mm. I think it was at the Travellers that you put... Was it the Travellers that you it put was. up at a big price? Yeah, 100 and something. I think he hit 200. Second, he? Yeah, he hit and, 200 saying, yeah, absolutely. And that's his sort of event. And obviously for people that that are listening to this that don't know or, or haven't bothered listening to it yet we we had Kevin Strillman on the podcast last week um, he just missed out on a tour championship by basically half of FedEx Cup point or whatever it was um, basically due to an 80 in the second round of the BMW but he played out of his skin over the weekend um, which is what really helps when there's sort of those like no cut events you can sort of find something and he played really well uh, and hopefully he's going to bring that into this week because you think he's a good price. I think 51 was absolutely ludicrous. He's the only one I'm interested in this week um, in terms of betting. Um, there's very, very much better judges than me. Hello, Ben. Putting him up at 40s. Um, the opening 50 was wrong. I did tweet it, so I'm not after timing. Um, like like you say, he was he was absolutely brilliant at the Travellers. Um, and the Travellers does feature as, as i've already said did i say it? i've said it to you i can't you remember if i said it on the pod yeah, it's the just pod. it's just everywhere it's just it's there on tways steals form um the travelers this year obviously behind dustbin um is what as good form as you can possibly get isn't it 
Um, he followed it up seventh at workday. Um, in the right grade, um, in the right frame of mind, um, you know, I think he's uh, top 10 in par fives, I think, off the top of my head. Um, yeah. I haven't actually written all that down this week, um, which is going to help this week. There's four par fives. That's going to help him immensely. Um, obviously, he won the travel in 2014, second in 2020. Um, like I say, it's, it's so Bubba Watson form. Uh, it's been tight. Like, it, you can go through it. He's got some. He's got some form. It depends how long you want to go back. But this year, yeah, Travelers Workday, as you say, last weekend was was awesome. Um, you know, it, it's to say over the weekend was a bit easier. Was a lot easier than the first couple of days, wasn't it? But he's done a job in in finding finding the short stuff. That's what he wants here. Um, he's got you know a couple of top twenty fives here. He's got mid sixties rounds. I just thought 50s in the context of somebody like Grillo at 35, somebody like Lowry who probably isn't here to win um, at 30. Jordan, you've already mentioned, who knows what he's going to do. Damon, who doesn't want to win, and Varner, who's going to make double bogey at some point. Um, that was completely wrong. It's well gone now. It's 35 is the best. That's the price he should have been. Um, everything for me. I've got the travellers. I've got so much travellers form written down. So I'm hoping that the top five justify it at the end of the week. He was wrong. He was a wrong price. And I've got, I genuinely am not going to back him up with anything else. He's my one and done. Yeah, well, I think that's yeah, a very bullish bullish selection there. And um, he, he said on the podcast, he said, you know, I said to him, is there a, do you circle certain events at the start of the year? Because he was talking about the fact that he's proud of the fact that he keeps up with the big hitters when he doesn't hit it as far he's 41 years old etc etc uh he hasn't got any hasn't gained any distance since he came out as a 27 year old and and he was top 20 in distance then and now god knows where but he he also said that it just it's just surprises him sometimes when he when he hits form he said like he, he just thinks that the putter just gets hot and hmm. And when it does, he knows he can win. And he doesn't play frightened anymore. He doesn't try and sort of not lose it. Every time he gets in contention now, he thinks he's going to win. Um, you know, he rattled off seven birdies to, to win an event. Um, Ten one putts. You know, it's, he's that type of player. He can get really on a run. He's he's chased down Dustin Johnson at the Travellers, which is no mean feat in itself. Um, obviously didn't get the win, but went close enough. Um yeah, just a you know he is a winner, isn't he? End of day, he's won twice now. Long time ago, I suppose, yeah. in, in context. But I think this is this is the level he will win at. Even even the events that he did win were at a slightly lower level than than what he'd want to win at. Um, but he's also contending in bigger championships than uh, that as well. So he's just capable, isn't he? Yeah, he is. I think he's a bit sort of Mark Leishman type of character he's been around for years isn't he um he can perform when he's right i mean not leash not leashman at the moment obviously right because he, he lost both his arms isn't he but you know he's that type of character when it's right when he's on form he's very very hard he's very hard to knock out the frame i mean he, he played brilliant at the travelers um and at any point he could have been sort of railroaded and and, and dropped back and just had been happy with the top 10 and as you say he was great um you know, par five again, just a, you know, Champ, Leishman, Thomas were all top five. Um, they were top five par five performances. Year before, Luke List, one of my old favourites. Um, Troy Merritt, there's loads, there's loads there. I mean, 2017, Duncan Finau, who obviously never wins. Um, Jesson Hadley and Brendan Steele were 
equal for top five performance, uh, par five performance. So what his strengths are fit this course. And I think 50 to one didn't sort of reveal that. So job done. Thanks. I was surprised actually that you weren't going to follow him up with Luke List. I thought he might have caught your mm. eye this week, considering mm. the type of event it is, and mm. and that will obviously lend itself to his driving. But sixty to one was kind of probably not enough to get excited about. Cameron Davis at forty to one, thirty-five to one. Generally, um, I think he's a player that's really going to win at some point. So where it's going to be, uh, I, I don't particularly know. Uh, I do know that he finished seventeenth here on debut. Uh, he missed the cut last year, but he shot 76 in round one and bounced back with 68, so he had a go at it. Uh, 21st in par 5 scoring average, 34th in total driving, um, 4 slot 15s last year, uh, and no worse than tied 32 in the last four starts. So he's clearly trending in the right direction. Of the players in this field, he's he's one of the most informed players uh, and not particularly priced like that. I know obviously a lot of people above him are bigger names, but I don't, th- I don't see... Uh, you know, we've mentioned Damon and Varner. I don't see them as people that have got better chances than someone like Cameron Davis. You know, Davis hits at country mile, um, so if he does go offline, he can at least recover. Um, and and he's in he's in brilliant form. And I just think that this is the sort of event that if he's going to take that step, it's a good enough event to be. It's not like a Puerto Rico Open or a Barracuda where if you win one, everyone goes off. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Nothing. No one really cares. Uh, or you don't, or you get cursed, or you know, whatever. Um, it's it's an event worth winning, isn't it? It's something that it sticks out. It's still, I think, because it's early on in the season, it people sort of remember it around the full swing and things like that. Um, I just think it's a, it's a, an event that would suit him. He's proven that by finishing seventeenth here on debut, and and forty to one, I thought was fair. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's got form in Honda as well. Um, it's interesting because Steele's got Steele's got form in Honda. Um, couple of times as well so so the same player turns up at at both courses yeah again it didn't it didn't jump out to me but you, you make a perfectly good case and and you know he's he's performed well in better grade so yeah why not yeah and i think that's an important thing to to say is when i when i just quickly go through it and say that he's finished no worse than tied 32nd in his last four events you've got to remember those last four events uh, include uh, some stronger fields, don't mm. they? So, yeah. that you know, that's an important thing. So, he's 29th in the Northern Trust, 15th for the Wyndham, both stronger events than this. Tied 12th in the 3M Open, which is similar grade to this, I suppose. Um, that would probably be the nearest comparison in recent weeks. And uh, again, and you've got Grio well there, isn't he? Sorry to interrupt, Tom. You've got Grio there at the 3M as well. Um, yeah. So, you know, they the, the players turn up at the same at the same track. So. Yeah, I mean, I know I'm looking at the 3M Open leaderboard now, and I know there's two there again that you like on top of these. So, look, why not? I mean, how many can you back at that sort of range? As many as you want, really, I suppose. Um, yeah. Uh, if he wins, yeah, he wins. I don't, don't, don't I, really I wouldn't be surprised anything. if he won. It's one of those weeks where we had one, I can't remember which event it was now. I think it might even have been the 3M, where I just wasn't really that fussed on anybody. Um, I know you're obviously very keen on Strillman and you've made your point on him. But other than that, I think there's a lot of players I wouldn't be surprised who win, but are not particularly uh, that desperate to back either. Now, there's not even there's not even like a favourite. Re- you know, Brendan Steele, I think, has played well recently and obviously likes the course. So I suppose if anyone, you'd probably say, who's your favourite to win? It'd probably be him. 
um, just because I think Phil obviously uses these weeks as a tune-up for, for the major. See with Kim, you never know which one's going to turn up. And the two behind still, I don't trust at all. So he would be the one. Um, but I can't back him at the price. I think there's a there's a few around this 50 to 1 range. Um, Mark Hubbard, I will give a bit of a shout out to. He's obviously played, he's improved a lot recently. Um, putts well, uh, scores well, should go well here. Has gone well here in the past. But it's Sam Burns that kind of stuck out to me a little bit. Uh, massive hitter. Hits it a country mile off the tee. 16th in strokes gained off the tee. 30th in putting. 21st in par 5 scoring average. Um, terrible around the greens. He's almost last on touring around the greens. So that's obviously what's holding him back. Um, but since the restart, he's had five top 32 finishes. Uh, he was 13th last time at the Wyndham, which is his best effort since he was 6th at the American Express in January, which is also in California. Um, so... He's one of those people, isn't he? He's been around for a little while and people have been expecting bigger things from him. He hasn't mm. quite done it. But he does seem to go on a bit of run of form. And, and when he does, it you kind of take a little bit of notice. And although he's not been in contention, he, he's been there. He's 17th for the Workday Charity Open, 30th for the Rocket Mortgage, 24th for the Travellers, which he spoke about. Um, he's just, he's been there. He's been, at, he's been around enough to suggest he's in good form. And if he can just get that sort of whatever problems he's got with his chipping or whatever it is um he should be in, he should be able to go well in this sort of field i think yeah i mean i don't think you can you can get over um i don't even get over chipping as well as you can sort of you know oh the putts have gone in this week no because it is a t- it's such a technical change isn't it it's not even um, just getting a rub of it is it but it's... you know a lot, a lot I fancied him quite strongly for the Barracuda until his price came up. I think it was 25 or something stupid for the Barracuda. Um, and he was strongly fancied by another couple of people and he failed dramatically. Yeah, okay. Yeah, uh, he, he, not for me. But um, like I say, it's one, of those, it's one of those where you can, you know, we can probably sit here and we can probably make a case of sorts for 50 of them. And if they won or come top five, we'd go, yeah, okay. You mentioned Luke List. I mean, he can't putt, um, which is why, you know, I'm slightly off Luke List at the moment. Um, so Bud Cordy's up there as well. <laughs> you know, both of them are, that I really like. But I just don't think their all-round game at the moment compares with somebody like um, Streelman. And, and th- there are another couple of others that I think are just stronger and might get over the line quicker than they will um, around this course. It, there, there's nothing there that, that jumps out other than what we've discussed, to be honest with you. There, there are players that we, you know, we've said earlier, um, I spoke about Lucas Glover. Um, no, no, you know, talk about a man who can't putt. Um, there's another one. Um, and you know, he's not going to win, is he? I suppose for me, if we were going to put one up, that's not a recognized name, it'd be somebody like Will Gordon to step forward or Henrik Norlander. Or... Yeah. Sorry, go on, mate. Yeah. So, yeah, you I know, just... Gordon Norlander, they're the type of, of players that might come through. Maverick McNeely, you know, um, Taylor Gooch, all, all that sort of player, around 60 to 75, 80 to 1, something like that. They're, they're the sort of player you were spoken to talk about earlier. I've got, I've gone for an old stager, really. Um, I guess they're the sort of players you're looking for. Well, I think that that was the thing, wasn't it? When, instead of looking for this web.com can't-miss kid like Sung Jae-in when he finished top four here that, you know, has come up and is going to make the step up, let's look at ones that, you know, okay, they're not on the web.com, but Will Gordon in, in limited starts on the PGA Tour has looked very good. He finished third at the Travellers, which he talked about where he looked like he was going to mm. win at one point. Um, people are very, very high on him. 
Um, tied 27th at the Wyndham last time. I thought there was a bit of an overreaction to him when he went on that little bit of a run. But he's obviously very talented. And um, this is this is that sort of event where the newcomer... He's not a newcomer, but he's of, obviously of that um, limited starts sort of profile, I suppose. Um, so I think... I think you could make a case for him statistically he stands out a mile in all these categories but that's because of the limited amount of events he's you know played so you have to be a little bit careful of that um troy merritt you alluded to earlier he's obviously played well here in the past i think is is worth mentioning harry higgs played well here on debut again they're not they're not players i can get excited about sep stracker or straka however you want to call him uh is an improving player isn't he he's he's sort of stood out a couple of times in much stronger events than this uh, he shot 63 uh, opening round on his debut here. Uh, he was tied fifth after 36 holes uh, and then shot a 78 on a Saturday. I don't know if that was nerves, something just went wrong in his game, whatever it is, but I think he's a he's a more developed player now. Missed the cut on, his, on the number last year, so I don't think you need to read too much into that. I thought at 90 to 1, I thought that was quite interesting when you look at the names that are before him in the betting that, you know, I, I think can't win i think there's there's plenty of people above him that literally cannot win they're not even in the form to win and and he showed certainly enough in across the season to suggest i mean he's, again he's missed the cut the last two times but it was eight for the rocket mortgage 18th for the 3m fourth for the american express fourth in houston um i think you remember him going quite well at tory pines a couple of years ago so he's he's at this sort of a level now where he needs to make this next step and this might be the, the sort of event that allows him to do that yeah, yeah, absolutely. And interestingly, he was top, top 10 of the Lioness after which he liked two hours ago. We've done the other. <laughs> um, yeah, and Sam Burns was third when he won his only uh, only event on the, uh, the graduate tour, if you like. So there we are. You've got links in. Yeah, another one. You know, very much like the players we've discussed, um, the Wyndham Clarks. I mean, I'm surprised you're not putting up Ventura or haven't we got to him yet. Um, Robbie Shelton. Do you know all these? Uh, we're not mentioning Bryce Garnett, are we? All these players, yeah, all these players. Where's Brian? You know, went through went through a little patch. He's now three figures. Scott Stallings, Wedgley Brian, <laughs> Scott Stallings. You know, he can do anything. We we just don't know. Aaron Wise, where's he gone? Um, that that whatever. No, nothing jumps out, does it, Tom? You, you you can take little bits away from there, and you can say, yeah, if he does that, if he does that, if he does that. I mean, we can do that all night, can't we? Um, but yeah, but that's how I feel about the whole event. That's, that's, that's just a struggle. Uh, and and I'm, I'm naming a few names here just to sort of not feel the time because we don't need to feel the time, but just to kind of give a rough idea of people that I've... I like to give the research that's gone into it. So these are the players that I've come across in my research. Um, and for one reason or another, I'm just not going to bet them. Wyndham Clark is 100 to mm-hmm. 1. Massive hitter. Brilliant putter. Ah, yeah. Um top ten par five scoring average. He should be tearing this sort of event apart. Uh hasn't done it yet. You know, he finished thirty thirty, I think it was on debut. Um I think he opened for sixty six. So he's you know, it, it, these are the sort of players by the end of the week, are you gonna be surprised if a Wyndham Clark or Sepp Stracker or Cameron Davis win? No, I'm not. That's why they've come up in my in my research. Another one, Zing Zhang. Zhang. Um, he's got a, a, I think it's a 17th and a 7th here. Uh, 37th and a 7th here, sorry. 7th last year. 
uh, and he was obviously playing before. And, and this is the thing as well, when you look at this form, you've got to remember the massive change in class that we've had, you know, even over just the last five events. Because of that playoff run, there's just events that you wouldn't expect him to go well in. And he was playing really well. This is Zhang that we're obviously talking about now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he was playing a lot better, wasn't he, than, than what his form maybe suggests. He was 10th at the Memorial, 12th at the 3M Open, missed the cut of the PGA Championship uh, just two by two shots. Uh, then he missed the cut of the Wyndham on the number, uh, and then he missed the cut of the Northern Trust uh, by a little bit more, but they were only by three. So he, they weren't they weren't miles away. Uh, he's already proven that he can finish seventh on this course. He's got a fourth in Houston. Um you know, top ten at Memorial is a massive, massive mm. sort of thing to suggest that he's a class player on his day. Um, it wouldn't take this event, as I think we're trying to allude to. It, it doesn't take a lot of winning. I don't think there's a lot to it. I think it's a case of if you drive the ball well enough, because it doesn't even have to be straight. I think they, they ain't champ it like fifty percent of fairways. If there's nothing penal about it. It's just if you do miss the greens for some reason. Can you get up and down? And if you don't, you've got no chance because someone will. Because it's not, you know, because most mm. people will hit, will hit the greens. Um, so yeah, I don't think there's any magic formula in this one. I don't think. I think you obviously you've picked up the the Travelers Championship uh, form line there, um, but it's certainly not an event I want to get heavily involved in. I think I'd rather sort of keep myself for the the U.S. Open next week. I think there's a lot to go into that. And I don't think you need to get too heavily involved. It's the first event of the season, if you like, if you want to call it that. Well, I suppose it technically is, so you can't call it anything else. But, you know, it doesn't feel like we've had a break. So <laughs> we certainly haven't had a break, have we? So, um, yeah, it, it's one of those watching briefs for me. I think I think I'll quite enjoy tuning into it. I quite like watching California events anyway. They're, they're you know, always pretty nice courses to look at. Um, the players are certainly going to enjoy Napa. They can have a few few wines after their round or whatever um but i think that's all it is i think a lot of players just go down there because it's napa you know a bit of wine country you know what what else why else are you there really jim fury finished 17th here last year he's probably just going to sit back and have a few vinos isn't he yeah i would think he's so not, he's not gonna be stressed around is no, he no 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 it's, it's nice sponsors pay for you to go out there well and... this, is, this is the thing it's just it's a it's one of those nice events i think it's a really nice introduction for the web.com guys or the Corn Ferry guys, which obviously isn't going to happen this year. Um, and because of that, you might just get a couple of, I suppose you can call them rags or yeah. or old timers in the top 10. But other than that, I just think, yeah, like you say, you're already happy on Kevin Strelman. Mm. I've mentioned a few names there. I think Cameron Davis would be the one for me. If I was going to have one pick, um, he would be the one at 40 to 1 because I think he's certainly trending towards a victory. Uh, and the others I mentioned, Burns, Stracker and Clark and Zhang have all got, uh, all make cases, I think, without really being, you know, anything special. So that would be my summary of it. I don't know if you've got anything else to add. No, I mean, I'll throw it. I mean, I'll throw in Matt Naismith, not, not that he's going to win, uh, you know, 66 first round last year before missing the cut. Um, another one that you can add to the should be better than he's showing or will be better than he's showing. Um, but could you bet him? No. Um I, you know, I, I do think there's a there's a massive pull for Strillman. Um I think it's justified. Um, yeah, it's, it's 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 not the only other thing I will say is you can come from behind here, um, and certainly looking at this field, I think you probably will as well, winning it. Um, 
So your interest should be, it's not like, you know, we've had where we've had front runners and you can't come off the top three. I think you can do here. So they're, they're, you know, I'll be tweeting up um, some uh, in running bets, no doubt, as we get to halfway. So, you know, if anyone's got any interest, then ignore them. Um, (laughs) And there we are. Yeah, it is what it is. You know, I'll always keep my eye on the on the obvious closers. Um, the likes of Stallings, who who can shoot low when he's out of it, um, like I say, Glover. But again, it's it, as a trade. It, you know, we keep saying you don't have to win to to make a few pence. Um, but as far as I'm concerned, yeah, I think at the price he was, there was only one bet in this event. That's it. What about uh, Party Marty Martin Led? He's uh, he's got some decent course form, two top eights. Yeah. Um, you know he's. A couple of starts ago, finished sixth at the Puerto Rico Open. Uh, just to balance it out, he finished sixth, 65th in the web.com event last week. So, uh, don't know what the, where the game is at that, but he obviously likes a course. He's won three times, one of those being the Texas Open, which is a, a correlating event. I just that's that just sums up to me, really. Like, I can't even convince you that that's a good pick. I just think that he's he's there. I like, think okay, I'm saying, why is it Mackenzie Hughes paying because I back him? That's that's my final. Well, you know he's going to make a sixty footer on the last day, don't you? <laughs> that's it's what... absolutely ridiculous. Like he, he, I saw him come on the coverage yesterday. Yeah. And the first time it, I saw him come on, yeah. he had like a forty foot putt for eagle that he just drained. Yeah, he's he's a cracking player. That's mad, isn't it? Mm, he's a cracking. Like what? That's a hell of a talent to have because it, you know, yes, okay, there's an element of of luck into it, but he must get over some of those long putts and just go, yeah, give this a chance. Yeah. Give this a roll. Yeah, a bit lucky, a bit like that Tiger Woods used to be lucky. Yeah. <laughs> a bit like Jordan Spieth. Exactly. Jordan Spieth used to make all those long parts and make everyone sick, didn't he? Yeah, magnificent. It's confidence, isn't it? It's all about confidence. Well, the thing is, he's gone from being a kind of middle-of-the-road player, isn't he, Hughes? To... Yeah, he's absolutely brilliant. I think yeah, I he... think he's brilliant. I, I, I love watching him play. Well, he chased down Sanjay Im, didn't he, at the, mm-hmm. the Honda Classic. Second, finished third at the Travellers, sixth for the Memorial. And then finished off very nicely in the FedEx Cup players with 13th, 10th and 7th to get himself a massive payday. Yeah, I, th- you know, I, I think he's great. What more does he need to do? I actually think that he's a, a lot better player than he gets credit for. I think because he makes all these really you know, extravagant, long-range putts, people just think that's that's what he is. and he just. But I think he's actually a, a very talented player. He's only 29 as well. I know that's in today's game. That's kind of old, isn't it, with the, with the players that are coming out? But... You know, he's obviously won, a, won an event. He's won the RSM Classic four years ago now, so it's not like it took him years to win. Um, he won the web on the web.com in the same year. So yeah, he's got interesting he, to see where he goes next season. Yeah, yeah, he, he was one that instantly, as as I saw the the link that I may have made incorrectly, who knows? Um, he was one that obviously he wasn't going to play it, but he was just one that instantly sprung to mind. Um, so he'll be one that I'll follow actually over the next few weeks, but it'll probably be too short now because there'll be an overreaction to him. Um, yeah, but apart from that, look, it's a nice event. Watch it, have a few bets. Don't have a few bets, up you in it, um, and watch Kevin Strelman win by three. And job done. Talking of uh, Canadians, there's a there's another famous non-winner come back into the field this week. Graham Delette returning from injury. Good. That's, that'd be fun for everyone, He's, wouldn't it? Uh, you know, how funny would that be if that's see him come and get a victory? I'll tell you what. He did play in Hawaii at the start of the year. But... I'll tell you what.
tell you what, if he wins, I'll buy your house for five grand more than you've just been offered. <laughs> All right. Well, it suits me. I yep. can't lose, can I? No. So I'll, I'll send him a little message later and get him to, uh, to put, a, put an effort in, shall I? Yeah. Try. You try doing that. Yeah. yeah. Be the first time. All right. Well, let, let, let's uh, summarise our picks. So the Portugal Masters. I'll let you go first. Yeah, Portugal Masters. Um, fortunately, Wilco's too short for me now. So I'm on Will Besseling, um, Rosner, um, Cantor, and uh, Kiros is on the exchange at 150, something like that. I think he's, he's drifting again, 130, so he might make 150 again. I think he's well worth a bet. Yep, and I've got Guido Migliozzi at 40 to 1, Justin Waters 75 and 70 to 1. Um, there was a couple of others I sort of thought around 100 to 1 price, it was uh, Asher Mu and, and Adrian Sadier I thought were interesting, but not necessarily bets for me. But uh, Joel Stalter at 200 to 1 was, so. I think if you're going to have an outsider, I'd really like the Frenchman there. Uh, on to the Safeway Open. You've only got one bet this week. Yep, chemistry one. Thank you. Go and collect. Please go and listen to the podcast as well, because he's actually yeah. a really fascinating yeah. uh, human. I think Not people true. see him as kind of like this person that's just been around for years, but it took him six years of, of the uh, of the Q schools to even get onto the tour. Uh, it's just that since he's been there, he's never lost his card in 14 seasons, which is a huge achievement in itself, really, isn't it? Yeah. Lovely man, like most of the ones that you interview, Tom. Um, they're all nice. Well done for getting him on. Um, it's a real feather in your cap. And yeah, people should listen. Yeah, absolutely. And then the, the one final bet I've got on there is Cameron Davis at 40 to 1 for the Safeway Open. Um, I won't bore you with all the people that we kind of mentioned again because we've just gone through half the field, including Grandelet that can't win. Um, yeah, I just think it's a bit like what well, I think this is kind of how we felt before the PGA Championship, wasn't it? Don't get too heavily involved. It, um, <laughs> enjoy the weeks. They're both easy enough courses. It's not yeah. going to be like Powder Armour last week and the and the tough you know BMW Championship they had the week before on the PGA Tour. It, it's not that sort of event. So they're just birdies, fire at the pins, and, and see who comes out at the end of the week. It's funny how for a tournament that you don't give a monkey's about, we've done the longest podcast of the year so far. It's just because we talk a lot of tosh really isn't it thank you <laughs> that's why we're here isn't it for some reason some people keep listening don't forget to put we those, ti- conf- those timestamps in i know well people can skip for a lot of that can't they uh confectionery anything on that this week um no i was glad to see uh, our old friend uh woody uh mention the frozen crunches again um he was well, on. He tried to use that as a way to, to oh, bribe his way saying, into a set of arcos. Can I just, can I just, can I just big myself up again? Uh, Pablo, Pablo was the latest uh, Betfair one, um, 121 on Betfair, and was less than 30 within 24 hours um, of play. So he was another one that done. So we're doing better on the Betfair ones than we are. Oh no, we're doing equally as well as we are because we've had three or four winners now this year. Um, back to the crunches, which are far more important. Yeah, I think uh, whoever that was a bank competition, wasn't it? Whoever, whoever didn't give it to Woody, um, you know, is wrong. Um, yeah, I did. I did email my disgust to the third party that decided who won that competition. But you know, here we are. I can't. I can't do everything for everybody. Right. So uh, we can only try. Actually, on on the confectionery, there was uh, a controversial tweet that Chris Paisley put out. He doesn't tend to get involved in controversy very often. Uh, but he asked about scones, whether you put the jam or the cream on first. What's your thoughts on that? Well, you, you, well, for me, you put the uh, cream on first. 
Yeah, absolutely. I don't see another way you can do it. It doesn't make any sense to me to cover up jam with cream. Seems disastrous to me. There's also some talk of butter going on there, which I didn't understand at all. Just just jam and cream. I have done. I have done. I have. I have um, um, uh, prepped the surface with butter before. Tom, yes, I have. It depends That's... on the quality of the of the scone stroke scone, depending on where you're from. Don't tell your doctor that when you get to go, otherwise he'll be uh, ordering a test for your cholesterol. I don't think don't think butter, cream, and jam are necessary for, for you, that. Mate, let me tell you, I survived Martin Kamer at um, Valderrama. <laughs> if I can survive that, I can survive anything. Not whilst eating the butter jam. No, I couldn't have done that. I'd have been that'd have been that'd have been thrown against the wall. <laughs> right. Well, look, let's uh, let's wrap it up there because, as you say, we've we've talked a lot about two events that nothing's really there. Um, Portugal Masters, I think, would be interested. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Cheers for getting. If you've got this far, then congratulations. (laughs) Woody, give us a shout and let us know you've listened this far, mate, please, (laughs) because you will be the only one. Not even Stu would bother. Don't just skip to the end. Not even Stu would bother on the train. Yeah. There we go. Bless him. Well, we got this far, didn't we? So my voice is going now. We don't get paid, do we? So what do you want? Well, you don't. No, that's true. You get Arcos equipment equipment thrown at you, don't you? (laughs) Sponsorship. Hello, Cambridge. I love frozen crunches. Yeah. Yeah, I can't believe they still haven't come to us yet. Um, Maybe we'll get some scones sent to us next week. I don't know. But we'll see. I'll work on that. We could do a Nick Fowler. Do you remember when he was in the TV studio? He was in this. I can't remember what tournament it was years ago. And uh, someone gave him a cake. He had a cream cake. Right. I think he meant to throw it out the window. But there isn't. uh, There was obviously it's enclosed. So he threw it behind him and it just stuck to the glass behind him. (laughs) <laughs> and it's just this cream cake stuck to the anyway. I've never seen that. I hope I, I hope there's a YouTube video of it because I'm now going to go and watch yeah, there it is. just to make there sure is. you're not talking nonsense. I'm not. Have a look. <laughs> have a look. Right, go have a look. Right, mate. See you later. So, uh, speak to you next week. Ciao, Tom. Oh, just just to mention, oh. I think we need to uh, we need to double check with him, but I believe it will be me, yourself, and Ben next week for the US Open oh, as well. Some sense at last. So uh, he can he can rein us in and and put some actual uh, data and, and interesting points behind nonsense. Well, he certainly can, but like I said to him when he stood in for me, it took two hours as well. So he talks too much, doesn't he? Yes. I'll let you tell him that. I will do. Oh, he pays my wages on a Sunday, mate. Yeah. <laughs> no worries. See you later. See you later. Bye bye.